to Ethics and the Naval Warrior. I'm your host, Michael Sears, in the Stockdale Center at the Naval Academy. My guest today is Commander Andrew Ledford. Andrew is an active duty U.S. Navy commander and a Navy SEAL. He has also been a U.S. Marine Infantry Officer. He has a Ph.D. in Sociology from Princeton University. Andrew is a permanent military professor of leadership in the Department of Leadership, Ethics, and Law at the Naval Academy. He teaches several different courses in leadership at the Academy, including Code of the Warrior. Andrew, that sounds like a lot of things that you're doing. Welcome. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. I love the course, Code of the Warrior, and uh, happy to talk about it. Well, let's, let's jump right in. You know, I think a warrior is a person who's made an oath. That could be the oath uh, to the Constitution when you join the service. Is it more than that? That kind of is the point of our course. We ask that question at the beginning, what is a warrior? And we get a whole bunch of responses, uh, varying from someone who struggles and tries hard uh, to someone who has to be in combat and they have to have you know blood on their hands uh, and then everything in between. And over the course of the semester, our exploration using historical warrior cultures is exactly trying to figure out how they saw warriors, what were their examples, and how does it connect up to examples of warriors in our services today, and finally hoping to define what that warrior is. So so is being a warrior akin to being part of a special group, not special ops, but a special group that has an ethos, that has a code, and I'm going to ask you a hard question, how does ethics play into that? And that is something we, in each of these warrior cultures that we examine, we, we see in each one of them. And they're separated by geography, thousands of miles, and by centuries of time. And each one of them does have this code. There's this qualification process, a crucible that you face to get into this warrior culture, to become warriors. And then there's a code that you have to live by as a warrior. And that never ends. We see examples of folks who don't follow that code and do break those rules, and there's varying consequences from you know minor punishments to death to possibilities of what happens when you do break that code. So if you if you're a Zulu warrior and you break that code, you're going to see the tip of a spear. Yes, and so you brought up the Zulus in particular. Uh, it was a horrible, horrible death. Um, Cowardness, for example, in battle, uh, they would take uh, spears and they would impale them from the uh, the bottom, and uh, they would be left to die there, impaled on stakes. As an example, you don't turn and run ever in battle, and it was an effective tool. So, so I think ethics is who I am, the moral code I. I possess. It's my values. It's my morals. If I want to join another group, a warrior group, my ethics could be not synchronized with that group. What do I do about that? So we use the example of the Sioux Indians, for example. The uh, the Sioux, obviously, they had a tradition of scalping. And from their warrior culture, it was a sense of pride to have many scalp of their enemy. It was a demonstration of courage to physically have those scalps 
uh, almost in the way that we wear our ribbons and our medals uh, today, they had scalps to demonstrate their courage in battle and their prowess uh, as a warrior. And yet they were perceived as savages by the West, uh, by the U.S. Army, by Western society, by the U.S. You know, it's perspective that we talk about in class and what one in a warrior society, what is ethical and right is relative in ways to that society and to that culture and to that warrior class. And so I think it's very, very helpful when you're talking about this to try to understand and put yourself into the shoes of that society, into that culture, to see things from that perspective um, rather than making judgments on, or this is right, this is wrong, this is ethical, this is not ethical. I want to take a break right now. We'll come back and actually see if we can expand this a little bit and dive a little bit deeper inside a kinetic warrior culture and see if there's warrior cultures that are not necessarily kinetic also. And we're back. We're Talking to Commander Andrew Lefford about the code of the warrior. And Andrew, I want to push you a little bit. Let's talk about morals. I guess that can also say ethics and the code of a warrior. I'm going to throw out here the mob. You pick whatever mob you want to talk about. But these guys have a code. Are they warriors? So it's interesting that you bring that up. It's one of the things I'm researching right now. Uh, I have a book right next to my bedside on different mafia in the Italian mafia, Sicilian mafia. I'm looking at the Yakuza in Japan and looking at them from a perspective from the course. They have a rite of passage uh, in the same way. They have code that they live by. If you step outside the code, there's consequences. Uh, And they're engaged in this warrior struggle. There's violence, there's death. And, you know, I think you could make an argument um, that there's warriors there. And it brings up this important point when you're talking about the code and ethics as warriors, the morality of it and where that line of morality is and how do you decide that? So I, I don't know if you could say that they're not warriors because they're doing bad things. Well, let me let me throw out another group. Jesuit priests. They clearly have a moral code. Are they warriors? I think with uh, the Jesuits, one of the things we talk about throughout the course is um, their relationship with violence and the use of violence and the discipline uh, with using violence to impose, to physically impose something on another people, land, country to have an effect. The Jesuits are probably pretty far removed from that side of warriors. So I I don't know if I would consider them warriors in the same way. Uh, In the warriors that we study so far, there's the violence aspect and you are trying to physically impose your will, you know, on another entity using violence, killing, um, or at least 
getting people to surrender uh, and give up. And I, I think there's an important aspect of that, too, that goes along with being a warrior. So a warrior is a fairly complex creature. He or she is out there on the front line doing hard things, but also the, those warriors, at least the ones that come from here, are also Navy officers, naval officers, who need to remember that they have that responsibility also to lead their teams, to lead their divisions, to lead their warriors uh, moving forward. Andrew, this is great stuff. I really appreciate the time we've spent together. I think we have a lot of other things to talk about. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Take care. You've been listening to Ethics in the Naval Warrior, produced by the Boeing Leadership Innovation Lab at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. You can find more of our podcasts by visiting the Radio Stockdale page at usna.edu.